Hello there. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm your host, Dick, and I'm joined by Key and Claudia with a K. On today's episode, we wanted to talk about love actually. Now, before I say let's see it sure, oh no, I said it. This is our Christmas special. So, unlike the psycho one, I'm not going to try and go, ooh, spooky, because Christmas is a merry time. It's a happy time. And, yeah. So, ho, 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 here's your Christmas present from Let's See It Sure with Love Actually. And, funny enough, this is releasing 20 years since the film was released as well. So, perfect timing. But yeah, happy Christmas to all our listeners. So guys, Love Actually, it is a timeless Christmas classic. We should all be familiar with the story, but I suppose just to give a bit of a refresh to all the listeners, and I want to want to give me a bit of the story. Well, it's a festive time of year, so I feel it in my fingers, I feel it in my toes. Love is all around. Bugger! <laughs> no wait, I've got this. One more take. Three, two. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. That's off mic. Christmas is all around us. And that's just the way it goes. And if this movie taught me anything, it's that everyone loves to pick Christmas as the perfect time for their rom-com storyline. Widowers, rock stars... Teens, that annoying guy handing out sandwiches while trying to hit on every member of the female staff. There's a story for everyone here, and they all get some time to shine, and the tons of cameos here wrap it all together into a neat holiday present for the watcher. As with so many characters, there's a little something for everyone under the Christmas tree here. With all of those stories, you gotta have some likes about the whole thing. And I think one of the main likes, I suppose, just for myself to kick this off, is the cast. There's a who's who of actors in this cast. Some relatively unknown at the time. Some extremely known. And a very healthy mix, I think. Everyone is getting a fair share in there. Saying that, though, what always strikes me about the cast is the poster for this film. So... The poster is basically done like a Christmas present. There's like a ribbon um, down through the poster. And obviously the most recognisable faces are put on the poster. So, at the top of the poster it has Hugh Grant and Liam Neeson face to face. So at times, the way I look at this poster is that whoever's next to each other, they must be the ones that pair up with each other. So, going into this film, initially when I first saw it, I wonder... What are the pairs exactly? Who's pairing up with who? So on the poster I'm looking at on Wikipedia. It has Hugh Grant and Liam Neeson up at the top. So I'm like, well, that's an interesting love story. We got Colin Firth and Laura Linney, which I actually think could actually be a decent rom-com when you think about it. Now, correctly placed, Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman are playing husband and wife in this film. 
And then we've got Kira Knightley and I can't even see her name from here on the screen. Um, but she's that dark haired British singer from the early 2000s. And I think she was in some episodes of the EastEnders as well. We all know who she is, but she always seems to be the most forgettable person of this cast. So she's alongside Kira Knightley. So we've got, you know, pairings of the same gender and we've got a mix of gender here. And then I think the most icing on the cake, just because of the the images that they use on this poster for both of these actors, we've got Bill Knightley and Ronan Atkinson. Now, the way Bill Knightley is this dashing, you know, seasoned rock star looking out towards us on the poster, and then you got Ronan Atkinson kind of giving him a bit of a side eye and a smirk. So... You can probably guess that when I first saw the poster for this film, I was really excited thinking, wow, there's going to be a lot of comedy in this. Other than Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman, none of these pairings end up together. And I don't even think any of them really share any scenes together realistically or well dialogue anyway. They're kind of crossing each other. Um, They don't really encounter each other as much as you think other than Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman. But saying that, the cast is just full of people. They're all so recognisable. They're all having fun. I don't think there's really a bad performance in here. I mean, there's okay performances. But everyone is doing their part perfectly and you're getting that across. Yeah, on the cast, I have to say, watching this film in 2023... It was a real time capsule to see so many actors there because so many of these actors have been in numerous roles since and we've gotten used to them look as they've aged and kind of seeing everyone so young was actually quite a take back for me. Hmm. It's like when you when you think about it, this was like prime Hugh Grant for the rom-coms. This is like, you know, Bridget Jones era Hugh Grant. This is also Bridget Jones era Colin Firth. And these guys have such a wide range of roles that sometimes I actually even forget they're in this film. I always seem to forget Colin Firth is in this. You look at Keira Knightley in this, for example. She hasn't got the biggest part, but still a memorable enough part. And, you know, again, that scene Keira Knightley in her prime, I guess, her most popular. You see Alan Rickman, who at the time would have been playing Professor Snape in the Harry Potter films. You know, doing a role, I guess, that we would normally not have seen him in. And he's very comfortable here. I think Bill Knightley's always a gem to watch. And here, I think it was pure, just sign on and just have a laugh. And he is 100% having that. But saying that, I think the two standouts of the cast are Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman. They're giving such beautiful, somber performances. And I guess their arc is a very, you know, touching arc. It's a very emotional arc. It's always, whenever I see um, Love Actually on the TV, and if you check social media, people that are kind of watching along with it on TV, whenever it gets to their scenes, you always get, oh, fuck off, Alan Rickman, uh, being posted up because of how much of a dick he's in this. But, like, by God, the man can act you know and he gave such a beautiful performance in this that yeah we're used to seeing him in these roles but he gives such kind of a silent version of it all 
Um, Emma Thompson is at her strongest here. You know, she's always good. She's always, you know, I always enjoy watching her. And in this role, I just heart over her. I'm just, oh, really? Um, but yeah. And to spin off actually on your point there about Rickman, another thing I personally quite enjoyed with the film is there is a scene between him and Rowan Atkinson and it is a joy to watch these two actors playing off each other so well. They play it that these are two different men with two very different intentions and as one kind of starts acting up more, the other acts up more in response and that was actually like a really good point in the film and I believe that scene is quite well known and people do love it because I'd heard about it before watching this movie and considering how short of a time Rowan Atkinson is in this film, he has quite a bit of impact. Oh, he definitely does. Like, he gives a, such a, a, I suppose, a memorable performance. And he's only in, what, two scenes, really? Um, also, I I have to, a huge shout out to Emma Thom- Thompson for, for her role in it as well. Because I believe you said it to me afterwards that she had a lot of personal struggles in her in her life at the time when she when she took on that role and obviously the the plot of her character within this movie it's so close to what was going on in her real life as well and still despite of that she's you know she's able to put her you know big girl pants on whatever and and she's just acting the hell out of it um and i think at the time she obviously had Alan Rickman as well supporting her on screen and off screen as well in in such a beautiful and so kind of realistic story as well in a way. Mm, They both complement each other so well that yeah there's so many good arcs in this I just think their arc is just perfect because of the two of them. Yeah it cannot be understated just how great Emma Thompson is in this movie when she's acting with any other cast she is also showing up as one of the best actors and that is a good point to bring to her Claudia because there is quite a lot of natural um, tendencies to her performance in this film Mm. and yeah just also didn't want to understate she is a very strong point in this film definitely definitely now saying that as well we love actually when we were saying how long the cast is or how recognizable those names are there's a lot of smaller roles in this from now i suppose more noticeably known actors and saying that you have got martin freeman playing i suppose his most revealing role we've ever seen him in you got joanna page also performing her most revealing role you got andrew lincoln from the walking dead fame who is in that famous card scene um, that is always uh, spoofed. You got Chris Marshall, who, you know, a recognisable British TV actor, I guess, really, I guess, from what you'd recognise. Got Cheryl Ejiofor, who I suppose we know very, very well these days, um, always shows up in, in very strong, heart-pounding performances. But there's a they're kind of the ones that I suppose have, I suppose a bigger part, um, throughout it. There is some smaller cameos, and a lot of them just always get a chuckle out of me. So, 
Starting with that, you've got Anthem Deck. You know, we all know who Anthem Deck are. Um, can we name which one's Ant and which one's Deck? Yeah, I can. Um, the slightly taller one is Ant. <laughs> uh, that's how I always differentiated. He Ant is always the one on the left, and Deck is the one on the right. So they can always be looked at as Ant and Deck. And I love the the scene when their cameo is there. Bill Knightley, not sure if it was even Im- improv or not. And he was like, oh, he's answering a question from them. And he goes, oh, thank you, Ant or Deck. And I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. Even though Deck asked him the question, I'm like, yeah, that's brilliant. Um, we've got Billy Bob Thornton playing, and he is legit credited as this, the U.S. president. And this would have been when George W. Bush was in the office. Um, not even sure if that's even where he's going with that performance. We've got Michael Parkinson, an infamous TV show host um, listed, and I'm sure he would have always gone a kick out of this as Parky, and I think that's just brilliant. Then there is, of course, an arc where one of the characters travels through the States to pick up American women. Now, these American women at the time were very, I suppose, unknown. Now, one of them I was always aware of at this time, and I was all it always just gets a good chuckle out of me to see her. So we've got Iva. So we have Iva Mil- Milovic. Um, now she's she's always that I suppose pretty Eastern European actress that always appears in roles. Um, she's in Casino Royale. Um, that's how I always recognize her. We got January Jones from Mad Men, and then we got Alicia Cuthbert, who. Me being a huge 24 fan at the time and adoring Kim Bauer always gets a chuckle out of me to see her in this role, even if it is just for two or three lines, really. But not as the proverbial girl next door? No, no. This was just before it, and I'm so glad she did that role as well. Um, Then we also have Claudia Schiffer, and that's Claudia with a C this time. Um, She's oddly playing Carol. And then we have, towards the end, um, we have Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie fame. And then we've got a Bond girl in Denise Richards also here. So yeah, some lesser known cameos and some more popular cameos, I guess, at the time. Now, you look at that film 20 years on, do we recognize all of those little actors, um, you know, going forward? Yes. All of them? I don't want to say all of them, but most of them. Okay, good, good. But saying that, guys, I think overall this is a a very fun film. It has got its somber moments. It's got its heart moments. But I think the common theme throughout the film is Bill Knightley. He is just having the time of his life with this. And I do think he's you know, a really underrated part of all this that, yeah, you can, when you see it, you praise him. But you never really think of Bill Knightley in this film, even though I actually think he's probably one of the strongest aspects of the film um, with his performance. Sometimes he can be annoying in films. Here, I think he's just right. Yeah, this film has so many storylines going on. It's kind of hard to pick out maybe even what might be your favorite and i did enjoy quite a few of them but one in particular i found 
quite enjoyable. I was kind of impressed. I liked so much was actually the Colin Firth language barrier romance storyline. I'll call it because it's really fun when you have this mixture of physical performancing and where two characters aren't communicating directly through dialogue, but they seem to be almost telepathically reading each other and like growing closer together. And it was one thing I didn't kind of expect uh, in this movie that's so much dealing with British uh, romance stories, but then trying in this one as well, because like this is kind of like a film of mini movies stitched mm-hmm. together. And just that was one for me that I really did enjoy it, um, touch off the European aspect and him struggling to communicate with her. And there is quite some funny lines of dialogue through subtitles in the film. Yeah, I suppose this particular storyline got a bit of chuckle out of me because I'm particularly familiar with it, watching Deck communicating with my grandmother, which he absolutely adores. But obviously, they don't have subtitles to support them through that communication. But yeah, they're they're still managing, you know, the love is there. Well, well, saying that, Colin Firth and his love interest in this film also didn't have subtitles. We as an audience had the subtitles. They didn't have the subtitles to communicate. Yeah, that's why I said without the subtitles, it's like watching you and my family communicating. Absolutely adorable. And another storyline that I quite appreciate in this is actually Laura Linney's story. She actually gets quite a bit of drama in here. And it was one thing that there are quite a few downers of stuff and I won't get into kind of, let's say, spoilers about it, but things do happen and you do feel for her character. But it does kind of make sense as it kind of unfolds. I suppose you already mentioned that it's almost like, you know, eight mini uh, rom-coms within one. And with this particular storyline, it just shows that not all of them have the happy ending that we would expect from a, a rom-com uh yeah totally i think kind of as i said earlier i think there's a little bit of something for everyone in this and you do appreciate how things are not maybe say all the same so even taking liam neeson for example kind of gets two storylines in this because he gets to play two parts he plays a widower who has an arc relating to that but he also has this stepfather arc where he has to kind of step up now and be the parent in his uh stepson's life now that the woman that they both uh loves him as for his wife and the son as his mother and he kind of gets to play this role these are also kind of two roles that didn't necessarily see Liam Neeson taking. <laughs> Liam Neeson taking, huh? Yeah. And just, yeah, I'll wrap up another storyline I quite enjoyed. The Martin Freeman storyline was actually quite fun. There's a nice bit of comedy element to it, but I still found it kind of endearing because it's two people having a chat in these completely strange and bizarre scenarios, let's say. And yeah, I'll wrap up kind of my points of what things I liked and enjoyed across the film. Yeah, I suppose, look, I'm not going to go over the all of the points that were brought up uh, by my co-host because I do agree with majority of them. But overall, just to sum it up, overall it kind of feels that they were testing the waters after the success of Bridget Jones, you know, 
um, you know, getting different actors to see which one sticks best. Uh, and you know what? If you are into rom-coms, it is like eight of them packed into one, as mentioned by Key. In the end, everyone will find something they like, you know. Now, saying that, there is definitely some dislikes about Love Actually, even though it is, I suppose, a good film. It's close to a masterpiece. Love Actually does have, I suppose, some negative points from us, really. And saying that, with some dislikes, I do think some of the arcs just don't fully land for me. Even with all of these little stories, we are given a good bit of breeding time for most of them. And some more than others. However, I do think Hugh Grant's arc just doesn't land at all. I mean, yeah, we always see the scene of him dancing through 10 Downing Street. And yeah, I mean, ugh, really, uh, Hugh Grant dancing is, is, yeah, it's funny. But it's just, oh, that's really the only part of his arc that we really remember. And I always seem to forget there is a scene in this where... He's looking for his love of his life. And he's just knocking on random doors. And it's like, oi, it's the boy minister. You know, and I'm just like, aha. Oh, yeah. I mean, that scene feels good. But it just doesn't land. And Hugh Grant's normally good at this kind of stuff. He's used to Richard Curtis's writing. And normally he's quite comfortable in this kind of stuff here. I just think he's okay, I guess. And saying that... I guess the other most famous scene in Love Actually is the, what I call the carol singing scene um, with Andrew Lincoln and Karen Knightley. Uh, you all know the scene I'm talking about. It's the cards at the door of like, Shh, tell them it's carol singers. And I'm like, maybe it's just this scene has been so overdone and parodied since. But seeing the original, it just, I don't think it ever had the impact on the first viewing. And on the other, it doesn't either. And I think what, I think why the reason is for that is, like, it, it is an overdone scene, you know, parody-wise that we're seeing these days. And I think why it doesn't land, you know, in the first place for me, and why it hasn't landed in other rewatches, is we don't really spend that much time with these characters. We get, what, two, three scenes, and we kind of get to the point where, a lot of the other characters, we do get that extra breeding moment. We do get that moment with them where it sits. While this moment, not so much. That's really the only scene that kind of drives at home the other scenes before. And we get the idea. I don't necessarily think there's a twist there. It's just, oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, I think I'll just hop on for like a slight defense of it. Uh, the card scene for me here... I kind of roll with it because it does feel in character because we have established up to this point that Andrew Lincoln's character doesn't express himself with words. He expresses himself with more visual art and stuff as expression. So it didn't quite grate me that much because like it is uh, let's say kind of quite a gaudy scene, but it felt fitting for me. So that's kind of what I would give as a partial defense for it. Oh, which is fair, which is fair. Um, but any dislikes from you guys? I think one dislike I have for me is actually kind of a storyline that I didn't really enjoy myself. And 
it's the storyline of the persistent guy who thinks the reason for all his relationship woes are because he doesn't have the language uh, accent advantage at home. So he thinks everything will be solved if he goes somewhere else. And I will say on one hand, I'm quite grateful that that storyline was resolved relatively quickly into the movie. Do you know what? If you don't like this one, you have seven others to enjoy. That is like at least one good side that if you find something that's not for you, there still is a chance of you finding something that does suit you. And another kind of dislike I had with the movie was I think the connections are a bit too vague because we can see for the purpose of the plot that they are drawing so many characters together and crossing their paths. But I think a little more indication that these people are friends or related to each other are nice. Give the actors a chance to act off each other. Don't just do throwaway lines. Like You've got a talented cast here with relatively short time. Just that little bit more time, even a few more seconds. I think they really could achieve establishing the connections between the different cast. Because sometimes they'll just show up and you're like... Uh, how do you know each other? It's like, okay, they're this thing. Or how do you know each other? And it just goes. It just seems to insist on rowing forward the plot when you could take that little time, breathe, and let good actors act off each other in pairs. Yeah, I suppose look, for myself, risking public scrutiny myself, I will admit that after seeing it at the at the cinema, I was just like kind of sitting there in the chair uh, as the end credits were rolling and I'm like, oh my God, it's finally over. And now look, I also know that my co-host picked this movie especially for me. So, you know, was, you know, and then seeing their disappointment afterwards was just heartbreaking. But I was and still am in a way conflicted in terms of how how I feel about this movie. And my major dislike about it is it's just too much happening all at once. I again, it's a good idea. We have different kind of storylines. So, you know, you will always find something to like about it. But it's it's just the pacing, it's just too fast. You have unresolved arcs um, in there. So it didn't sit quite well with me overall but again there's still bits about it to enjoy you know but that would be my major nitpick just too much yeah so we've covered lots of things many storylines but how could you boil all that down into let's say three ways to rate a film deck well it is christmas and i suppose i do gotta give you a gift so how that works is We've got three little presents, varying in different sizes. One is, I suppose, a small, unwanted pair of socks that you'd receive as a Christmas present. Even though you like socks, you sometimes are just like, oh, really, another pair of socks? Or it's a Lynx Africa gift set. That category is the don't see it. We don't want it. We don't we don't want to see it. Then you've got, you know, it's the gift voucher. It's the present with the gift return receipt in there with it. It is hmm it's that beautiful jumper that you might wear. It's that shirt that you're like, you know what, maybe a nice occasion I will wear it. 
And that's a maybe. It's a maybe see it. And then it is the Death Star in Lego form. It is the Millennium Falcon with all the Star Wars characters included. It is the brand new PlayStation with all the games that you ever wanted included with it. It is the see it. It is the masterpiece of presence. Let's be honest. We're all going to be happy with that, right? Or it is, you know, the new coffee machine you'd like. Or the new backpack that you'd like. All these things. They're the see it. So, yeah. That is our ratings. So, guys. I'm going to go first with my see it. And I'm just going to sum it up in a very, very quick manner. So, I'm going to give you my rating... And I suppose best way I can sum this up is, yes, Love Actually is a timeless classic. I think it's a warm, cozy Christmas film. Yes, it's got issues, which I suppose every Christmas does have, you know, with the bad weather and whatnot. But saying that, it is a film that I think everyone should see at least once. You know, it might not be for everyone, But saying that, it is a beautiful time capsule of these actors, of this story. It is written by, you know, a very, very well... Honestly, it is a very well-written and directed film by the creator of Mr. Bean. He wrote Bridget Jones' diary, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill. So surely if you add a sprinkle of Christmas in with all of those characters... You're going to get love, actually. And, yeah, it is a warm, cozy Christmas film. And it's a see it. Key? Um, for myself, I am also going to give it a see it. Because having watched this film, like we've covered, there's so many things here that there will be something for you to enjoy. And can really see why it's so popular and why it's a classic. Now, there will be a point in a film that you might connect with as much but still it's a fun watch there's good actors here there's nice quips and stuff throughout as well and it generally just it's a nice way to get into the festive mood and kind of have that nice let's say warm cup of cocoa film to watch where it be in the cinema at a rerun or at home on the couch and now we'll give it to Claudia I was wondering why you uh, left me uh, till last uh, for me, it's to see it as well. And I know you're both surprised now considering the conversations we had after coming out of cinema. Uh, but to your point, Deck, it's it's a time capsule. It's the best and the worst of 2003 rom-coms combined all into a single movie. So instead of watching other rom-coms of that time, just see Love Actually, it's perfectly wrapping up everything that was happening in rom-coms at the time and it's a christmas themed one as well yeah no perfect that is a pleasant shock because after we came out of the cinema re-watching love actually on the big screen claudia wasn't too pleased with love actually and we strictly told her maybe sleep on it And we're recording this a couple of days afterwards. So it did take her a couple of days to sit on Love Actually and come around by the looks of it. But I'm glad she still gave it a see. Any closing remarks, guys, on Love Actually? Uh, One closing remark for myself is 
I hadn't actually seen this film fully true before. I only knew pieces of it and getting to properly sit down, watch it all through. I was actually pleasantly surprised watching through at this time because you've always heard of Love Actually. You've always heard of these scenes. You always heard people like this or that. And you're wondering like, well, how does it all string together? And that's quite well done. Mm. For me, watching a 20-year-old movie, rom-com, uh, for the first time, it's it's you you're watching it from a completely different uh perspective because i was connecting it with other rom-coms or other movies that actually came out afterwards and i'm like oh this looks very much like so and so and then both of the guys were correcting me no 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 like love actually did it before so yeah definitely watching it 20 years later was uh maybe a mistake on my part i want to say Good. So that has been another episode of Let's See It Your Podcast. And this is our season finale, as it is the last episode that will be released in 2023. So thank you all so much for listening throughout the past couple of months. We will be back in the new year with a brand new slate of the best, the worst, and the ugly of all different types of films. But yeah. Thank you so much for listening. So, good night, good afternoon, good morning. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. And Kwanzaa. And Kwanzaa, yeah.